Alright, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Enigma Blockbuster Cinema Theater and the Arcade Nostalgia Memories Podcast. My name is Scotty, also known as EBC2. My right is the uh, elegant, uh, the very uh, uh, broadly uh, genteel, um, I, I don't even know what words I'm, I, I'm just pulling shit out of my ass, Legion Cage, the one and only, also known as Rob, uh, my co-host, my cohort, my my uh, uh, co-partner in um, just about everything that uh, is not relevant to anything whatsoever. And our special guest for this evening, uh, a gamer that I met uh, not too long ago, but uh, probably say, what, four or five months or so through uh, some various channels. Uh, Rageful Riot OG, welcome to the stream. How are you doing today, Rage? Doing well, doing well. Thank you. And Cage, my my partner in crime, how are you this uh, fine, lovely Sunday evening? Uh, doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Getting in that Christmas spirit by the best thing you could do at Christmas time, spend money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, either that or just like stealing children's gifts and throwing them in the, the garbage. That's... Uh, that's always a good way to get into the Christmas spirit. At least that's what I've heard. I don't know. Uh, in any case, <laughs> uh, welcome, everybody. Uh so this is the final episode of Arcade for the uh 2021 year. Uh when we go into we're gonna be taking a month off, and when we go into uh 2022, uh our next episode, episode six, is gonna be uh tentatively set for january 9th which is also a sunday uh if you're listening on the audio version of the podcast we want to encourage you to stop by the twitch channel which is twitch.tv slash ebc 2021 where you can see uh the podcast being recorded live uh and that also includes uh two things that you don't get on the audio version which is one you get to watch the playthrough of the game that we are uh, uh, being presented with here on the Arcade Podcast. Uh, you get to see the actual video with it. And Cage's fantastic hats that, that grace the center screen every episode. Uh, that in itself is uh, totally worth the subscription, which is $0 at the moment. So uh, come on by if you get a chance uh, to watch the live broadcast where we uh, record the podcast uh, live. And then I go in the uh, studio and chop up the audio and post it to the RSS feed, usually a couple days afterwards. Um, so once again, thank you for joining us, either on the audio version or here live on Twitch. And... Uh, Good to see you. Thank you for joining us. All right, so uh, Rage is going to be presenting to us uh, a game from his childhood and many of ours. Uh, I've even played this game myself. That is uh, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. And uh, this was, uh, I believe, one of my brother's favorite games. Uh, I do remember watching him play it. I played it, some of it myself. I don't know if I ever actually beat it. 
like obviously there was you know quite a few elements i remember from it uh including the the melodies that you had to play on the ocarina uh in order to solve some of the puzzles and advance the game and um the some of the battle aspects of it like um you know obviously you had your sword you had the uh bow and arrow i i remember uh you know more specifically like the training aspect of being on horseback while shooting targets you know the horse is moving and and um shooting you know those targets with your bow and arrow and um some of the other uh gameplay elements that that really made uh zelda stand out as uh, a, a newer format of game with the newer technology available on the n64 um <clears throat> So last uh, two weeks ago, we covered Star Fox 64, which had some of those same kind of things where, uh, you know, it was a newer technology Nintendo was putting out. They were, you know, real uh, excited to showcase all of the new things that you could do with a 64-bit system. And, um, you know, there was a lot of things that had never kind of been seen in gameplay before. So we're going to uh, discuss some of that with uh, uh, Zelda Ocarina of Time because, it, you know, some of those things were very new at the time and I'm sure they impacted a lot of different people, including our guest Rage, um, in, in many different ways, uh, being such a, a new and exciting technology at the time and, uh, you know, the, the kind of impact that had on a lot of people's childhoods. So, um, Ocarina of Time came out in 1998. Uh, Cage is going to correct me if I got this wrong, but I think it's November 23rd. Uh, first. 21st. <laughs> you know what it, you know what it is, is that, um, either I'm looking at, because I've been getting my information, at least from Moby Games, and I don't know, maybe it's not quite that accurate. Maybe there's, um you know, uh, some other sites that are a little bit better. And uh, I, I'm sure, uh, you know, if Cage has um, been doing the research on that, he can share with us maybe where he gets some of that info. Um, but in any case, uh, 1998 and 64, uh, 2007 came out on the Wii in Europe, 2015 on the Wii U worldwide, and then 2021 uh, on the Switch. So right over to my co-host Cage, he's going to cover... Um, basically what was happening at the time uh, when the game came out and how it was received. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so honestly, uh, Wikipedia, <laughs> uh, that's, that's usually where I pull my date and I pull, I pull the U S date for it just because uh, most everyone that we've had so far has been uh, a member of the United States. Um, and, and mostly the United States one is the one that I think a lot of places just kind of use. So when they, when they're gauging things like that. Um, but yeah, so let's take you back. It was Saturday, November 21st, 1998. Uh, so if you remember back then, Bill Clinton was president of the United States. Tony Blair was still the UK prime minister. Uh, if you turned on your radio in the U.S., you were probably listening to Lauren Hill's doo-wop, that thing. Divine's Lately, 98 Degrees is Because of You, Monica's The First Night, or Deborah Cox's Nobody's Supposed to Be Here. I'll be honest with you, 
I don't know any of those songs, but I probably didn't listen to the radio that much in 1998. So, eh, I was probably playing Legend of Zelda, honestly. <laughs> In 1998, on November 21st, there were some famous birth birthdays happening. Actor, writer, Ghostbuster, and overall legend Harold Ramis was celebrating his 54th birthday. Actress Goldie Hawn celebrated her 53rd. Voice actor Sean Schimmel, better known as Goku in the American version of Dragon Ball Z, was celebrating his 30th birthday. And uh, women's wrestlers and, I believe, WWE Hall of Famers, Nikki and Brie Bella, the Bella Twins, were celebrating their 15th birthday. Um, you may have been playing Animaniacs 10 Pin Alley or maybe Clock Tower 2 on the PlayStation. Possibly even Dragon Warrior Monsters on the Game Boy Color, as those were some really big games at the time. But if you were like most people, you were trying to get your hands on The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Ocarina of Time was the fifth game in the Legend of Zelda series, and the first one to be in 3D. The game originally released on the N64, and received near-perfect reviews from almost all major publications, with the game receiving a 99 out of 100 aggregate score on Metacritic. Edge, Electronic Gaming Monthly, Famitsu, GamePro, GameSpot, IGN, Next Generation, and RP Gamer all gave perfect scores, and Nintendo Power gave it a 9.5 out of 10, which is weird. I would anticipate them to be a little biased, but whatever. Uh, uh, the game also received multiple Game of the Year awards from uh, CESA, uh, now known as the Jap uh, Japan Game Awards, Edge, EGM, GameSpot, Interactive Achievement Awards, Japanese Media Arts Festival, and other publications giving it Game of the Year. Ocarina has also received top honors as the greatest game of all time from Edge, Entertainment Weekly, Game Trailers, IGN, Metacritic, Nintendo Power, who gave it a poor score, or not a poor score, but not perfect, uh, Game Facts, Game Informer, Joystick, and multiple others. Those just being like the pinnacle awards, Ocarina of Time has also won awards for its music, its game design, uh, best console game, um, story, many more things. This game, before it came out, over 500,000 people pre-ordered the game before it was released, awarding it the most... Uh, awarding it for most advanced orders for a game from Guinness World Records. Over 1 million copies ended up being sold in the first week of release, ending with about 2.5 million before the end of the year. That's just basically a little over a month, putting it over $150 million in sales, just in the U.S., and that's equivalent to $240 million uh, after inflation in 2020. Uh, it was obviously the best-selling game of 1998. Um, over its lifetime, it would go on to sell 7.6 million copies worldwide for the Nintendo 64, and that's not including its various re-releases, as Scotty also mentioned, uh, coming out on the uh, Wii and Wii U virtually, uh, Switch virtually, and they also did actual physical retail releases uh, for the GameCube in a uh, collector's pack with its sequel, Majora's Mask, the original two Zelda games, uh, and then in another pack with the previously unreleased Master Quest that was supposed to come out for the 64 disc drive that ended up being canceled. 
uh, and then a physical version for the 3DS. Uh, overall, obviously, a very, very heavy selling game and very influential in the world of games. All right. So, yeah, I, and and honestly, you know, it, just looking at it from like maybe a little bit of an outsider's perspective, <clears throat> uh, I see a lot of streamers that will at least take a stab at this at one point or another. Now, I've only been on Twitch for about a year and um, going through like, you know, the various games that I see streamers play, not only the new stuff coming out, but the retro stuff. Uh, you know, we just uh, got raided in our uh, live chat, and I'll, I'll thank uh, Isnip for the raid, uh, you know, because he was playing that on his own channel. And, you know, I've seen several other people in the past several months playing it as well. Um, so, yeah, it's it's definitely a good one. Uh, a lot of good memories, I'm sure, that that people have of it because it was uh so good at the time uh, that uh you know a lot of people latched on to it um and and i guess really that's that's the mark of a great game uh over time to see just how many people latched onto it not only in their childhood but you know maybe discover it a little bit later in any case uh we're going to take a, a short little break here and then uh, come back for the first part of rage's uh, playthrough of ocarina of time uh again welcome raiders anybody else that's in the live chat if you want to go ahead and put your questions there uh for rage and and we will pose them to him as we're going through these playthroughs uh you know feel free just type them in there and we will ask your questions of our guest here on arcade so we'll uh, take a short break and be back in just a little bit all right welcome back so uh we're beginning our uh first part of the playthrough that uh rage was doing with uh, ocarina of time here and uh, once again, if you're listening on the audio version of the podcast, we do want to encourage you to stop by twitch.tv slash EBC 2021 to watch the uh, live recordings of the podcast so that you can see these playthroughs. And uh, if you miss it, uh, you know, obviously you're, you're hearing this uh, after that, the fact that it's been recorded. You can always go back on the channel and watch the video on demand uh, and, and see it that way. Or, you know, at least see on the schedule when the next one is coming up so you can uh, be, be a part of that. Be here in the chat to ask your questions and that. So, um, again, very different from anything that had come before it uh, with the N64 system, you know, brand new technology. We're seeing the 3D graphics for the first time. Uh, we're, we're seeing uh, some elements that had not been uh, a part of gaming before. So, uh, why don't you start, Rage, by telling us about, like, uh, a little bit of the story, the, the gameplay and the controls, and, and uh, how, how to actually, you know, move through this now 3D environment. Okay, yeah, so the story to the game is basically you're playing as Link, who is this kid who is trying to, who's been tasked to help defeat this evil that has taken over over Hyrule. Uh, it starts out when you've just been called summoned by the great Deku tree saying that he needs you to come and take care of something. You don't really know what and you gotta find, gather, you know, weaponry and stuff to be able to get over there and then you go and have to fight evil across the, 
the world of Hyrule and the land of Hyrule and try and stop Ganon from being able to take over and reign supreme with the evil. Uh, <clears throat> one of the things that I was kind of laughing as I was watching this talk about the controls is because uh, the controls were kind of uh, difficult to get used to <laughs> uh, again, but originally when they first came out, they you had it was the camera followed where you were walking, but if you needed to change directions, you would hit the, the Z button on the bottom of the controller to be able to realign with where you're looking and also use that to be able to actually like connect or uh, kind of zero in on a target. Uh, so like, you see the green arrow that was just popping up there? You can use that to look at people to talk to them or to target them if you're trying to attack them. And, and that also... Um, and then the controller... We, we were also... Uh going ahead and um, uh, furthering the discussion from two weeks ago when we had Eddie with Star Fox 64, which was on the same platform, uh, about the oddness uh, of the N64 controller when it came out and, and how, you know, it was it was very weird looking and, and people didn't necessarily know how to take that. I actually uh, have it right behind me here. I can show that too in case anybody hasn't seen it. <laughs> So, if you hadn't seen the controller, this is the N64 controller, and it definitely was, at the time, easier to manage, because she didn't have as much to what we have now with the Xbox and stuff like that, but the controller itself was a little bit wonky, the controls were a little bit to get used to, because uh, it was the first time I played a game where you had to actually set inventory onto your uh, different buttons there. Uh, so, like, if you see the different arrow buttons there, you would go into your inventory to be able to select items that you can hotkey to the those areas to be able to use them to either use, like, your slingshot, bomb, or anything like that to be able to blow open a door or whatever you needed to do. So, it was to do the playthrough uh, recently made it a little bit more challenging because I had to re-familiarize myself with the controls and things like that. <clears throat> and then... Real, for kind of progressing through the game here, there were different things you had to complete. So like here, we are in the process of trying to get um, a shield and a sword to be able to go to the Great Deku Tree because Mido is preventing you from getting there because he says that you're not who's supposed to be going there. You don't have a sword and shield. It's dangerous. You can't go in there. But then when you have it, <clears throat> you have to go, go, into the, uh, go to the Great Deku Tree who lets you go in. And then each section has specific requirements of like weapons you might need and tools you might need to be able to do that. Um, so here we're, we were able to find the sword that you start out with to be able to get over there and then you have to find the shield to be able to go and move on to the next part. You, you kind of touched it already and uh, honestly I was going to ask you if you you had played through on the original hardware uh, which it looks like you did because you, you had the controller nearby there <laughs> um, you know we question in the chat and you kind of already touched this uh, but short and sweet 8402 asks what was your initial impression of the game the first time you played it like maybe like give us like the one or two three words that like went through your head most when you came uh, when you started <clears throat> Oh yeah, for sure. I remember when I first played this, I was basically looking at it in awe. Because, <laughs> you know, at the time, this was one of those, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. Look at these graphics, they're awesome. This is so cool. This is such a great game. <laughs> so it was definitely a lot of the whole, just being like blown away with how great the graphics were at the time. So now, um... 
once you do go ahead and and get your sword and shield, you can go into the uh, section with the Great Duco Tree, and um, that's spelled D O K U, do right? Uh, Did I get that? It's Deku D E D E Deku Deku. Yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 sure I'm gonna fuck more of this up at some point here because, <laughs> like I like I told you in the uh, the little uh, meeting we had before uh, prepping for the uh, podcast here, <clears throat> it's been probably 20 years since I've touched this, maybe even longer, maybe 25. I mean, it came out no, it came out in '98, so I was probably playing it right when it came out there, '98, '99. Same with my brother. And, uh, yeah, so I haven't touched it then, so probably 21 plus years since, uh, I've, uh, even, uh, got the, uh, the ability to, like, control anything in this world and, and, and see, you know, how it operates. <clears throat> yeah. So it's a little bit, a uh, little bit hazy for me. <laughs> Yeah, that was uh, the same feeling when I first, because prior to doing this playthrough, I had um, <clears throat> played it on stream, um, and I had to get reacquainted with the controls and everything, and remember all the names and pronunciations, and remember how to play the game, because prior to playing it on stream, I hadn't touched it in years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, the, uh, oh, I'm sorry, uh, go ahead, Cage. No, go ahead. Now, I was just going to say, um, how did you find, uh, like, if you remember, uh, going from a, a, a two, you know, mainly 2D platform like NES, SNES to the newer 3D graphics on the uh, 64? It was something that I, I, I liked it at the time because I remember thinking, because I, I did used to play um, like the original Zelda that came out on NES before this. So when I played that and then switched over to this, I was just like blown away. Like, oh, this is amazing. And I had to get used to actually having that ability to actually look around more than you were able on, to a, on the NES because, you know, you just had pretty much a screen right in front of you and you just went through that. So I had to kind of, you know, adjust to that but it was definitely just mind-blowing to me like wow look how far we've come in video games already just yeah we and oh no how do i look over there <laughs> so you you kind of already mentioned uh playing the the original before this one um for the first time uh isnib from the chat asks is this your favorite zelda game Yes, out of all of them, this is my favorite Zelda game. I uh, I never I played like the original on the NES. I never played Zelda two, and I played this one and then Majora's Mask. And out of the ones I did play, this was my favorite of them all. Not playing Zelda two is probably probably a, a good way to like prevent yourself from some rage. That is for sure. <laughs> Yeah, from uh, <clears throat> Legion Cage's uh, playthrough of that on his channel, it, it doesn't look easy, and I've seen uh, a couple <laughs> other streamers doing it more recently. And yeah, <laughs> now I, I I never played any of the original ones, so I thought at one point I definitely did want to attempt uh, the first one, 
on uh, original NES, and um, I don't know so much about the second one now, but <laughs> uh, at least the fir- at least the first one, I thought maybe uh, would be a good one to try at least. Yeah, the uh, the the first one is at least in my opinion it, it is difficult. Um, but the second one just ramps the difficulty up, like, almost from the get-go, and then it just cranks it up to, like, ten. Uh, as, you know, Scotty, as you just said, I've watched a couple other people also play it recently, um, you know, beyond me and Short and Sweet playing through it together at the same time, and struggling. <laughs> struggling, and, like... <laughs> One streamer in particular, Malegio, he likes playing difficult retro games. And watching him struggle with it is like, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, well, then, and, and then uh, I think it was, yeah, I think it was like uh, either this morning or late last night, I was watching Sath, Sath Dresh play a little bit of Zelda 2 and he was just flying through it like it was nothing you know spreading hot butter on on toast you know he he was just boom 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 you know right through it it's like okay clearly he, he you know he's got the the level of skill that maybe a game like that requires <laughs> yeah um you also mentioned it. Isnib wants to know again, like uh, asking all the questions. How does this one compare to Majora's Mask? Um, Majora's Mask is a very touchy subject within the Zelda community, from what I've seen. A lot of people love it. A lot of people hate it for any various reasons. So, like, what are your thoughts on? It? And and before you answer that, hold so, on, hold on, hold on one second. I want to go because I had I had thought about this before the podcast. Uh, to bring this up, and I just did uh, a list of all of the Zelda games in order. So first we had the original Legend of Zelda in 86, Zelda 2 Adventure of Link in 88, then uh, A Link to the Past on SNES in 92, Link's Awakening on Game Boy in 93, uh, and then Game Boy Color Link's Awakening DX. Uh, so I'm assuming that's that's roughly the same, maybe a little bit different. Uh, five years later on Game Boy Color, then Ocarina of Time in 98, and Majora's Mask in 2000, both on the N64. So, go ahead. You you were going to say, Rage? Uh, so, for me, I struggled with Majora's Mask. I did play it uh, some. Uh, I played it shortly after it came out, and I struggled with the gameplay and figuring out how to play that one. Um, so, I'm not going to say it's a bad game. Um, I haven't played it since then, so I still need to play it. I have it. I have the uh, Majora's Mask. At some point, I am going to play it. Um, but I struggled really hard with Majora's Mask. Uh, I liked it. I liked the additions of like the Rumble Pack and stuff like that, and the, the fact that they had to add the extension. It made it feel like it was a very important game. You had to buy the extension or get the extension pack that came with it that you had to plug into the N64 to be able to play. Uh, Majora's Mask um, but I, I struggled to figure out what I had to do to get started in that game so once you got to the once you get to the point where you know the, the you have the countdown I pretty much struggled and got frustrated and haven't touched it since <laughs> so so what you're saying is if um, if I was to go back and uh, try to 
do my own run of Ocarina of Time, I should just stop there and and not actually go into Majora's Mask. I mean, uh, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that, but if it's something that you're not good with complicated games, that might be the case. <laughs> I'm not good with complicated there's, there's games. There's a lot of moving parts with... <laughs> There's honestly a lot of moving parts within Majora's Mask because you have to not only deal with everything that Zelda throws at you in general, the puzzles, the enemies, the dungeons, then you have to tack onto it utilizing the uh, ocarina and having time travel put on top of it. Like, it's, uh, it's, it's daunting. Is it, is it worse or, uh, better than, uh, Zelda 2 on NES, in your opinion. <laughs> in overall, or just in terms of, like, being hard? Uh, uh, both, you know, uh, because, uh, look, <laughs> I already decided by watching your guys' playthrough of Zelda 2 that I don't think I'm going to attempt that anytime soon. Maybe, maybe... <laughs> Maybe in 2035 or something like that, but uh, yeah, I, I'll, I'll definitely attempt the first one uh, because that, that's a little bit more up my alley with the kind of the, the layout and there's, you know, some RPG aspects for uh, to it, but I'm not a big RPG person at all. And um, I'm, I'm not so sure that I necessarily want to venture into that kind of thing, you know? That's that's absolutely fair. I mean, personally, I would say that Zelda Two is definitely harder than Majora's Mask, uh, but honestly, at the same time, infinitely better. Yeah. And Rage, your opinion on that? Uh well, I've never really dabbled with the uh legend the legend of zelda you know, 2 at all so i never actually played that one um but I, I will say like from playing the game it was like I, uh, majora's mask was just frustrating for me at the time just because i couldn't figure out the mechanics but the mechanics of the game were fantastic like ocarina of, or uh, majora's mask was great i just got frustrated with the game myself and then kind of backed out of it yeah <laughs> all right um let's see here so um we've covered uh, most of the gameplay the controls uh, the story and um can you tell us uh, a little bit more about like you yeah, right now you've got the slingshot um which obviously that's that's a little bit different from like the bow and arrow uh, can you tell us more about like some of the weapons and and the items that you collect along the way, and um, and how that affects the gameplay? Yeah, for sure. Um, so there are actually two sets of weapons that you can get. Uh, so when when playing um, Ocarina of Time, you have a segment where you're a kid. I mean, technically you're a kid on both segments, but then you're the the second part of the game is when you are an older kid uh because realistically he's like a teenager on the second part of the game uh so you and in the first part you have like the um 
slingshot, you can get that boomerang. Um, you eventually get a, like a, a bomb pouch, uh, and that's one of the things that you're able to actually kind of take with you to the older version of Link. But like the slingshot, uh, the old uh, shield, the old sword, you can't take with you. You have to have like the master sword, the um, Hyrulean shield. You have to upgrade some of the stuff because like the slingshot is kind of like the kid version of the bow. Uh, where when you go to the second part, when you start going into, like, through the Temple of Time, when you, you go through that section, you throw up, and then you get, like, the bow, you get the better shield, you get, um, a, what's called a, um, hookshot, where you're able to grab items or grab onto things and kind of transport yourself across different gaps and stuff like that, um, where, um... You also get different types of arrows as well. You can go through and get like a fire arrow, a light arrow, and a freezing arrow, I believe is the third one. You get three different ones that you have to use throughout the game uh, for different types of enemies, different types of things that you have to, like different puzzles that you might have to use them for as well. Um, and then there is also the infamous uh, bigger on sword which you can get in the game, which is something you have to go through. It's uh, about an hour's worth of things that you have to go through. Uh, different obstacles, you get to get different items, you have to go through different steps to get to each segment under certain amount of times. Like I think like usually like a minute and a half to three minutes tops uh, before you're able to get the bigger on sword. And any step of the way through, if you mess up, you have to start all over again. So um that's one of, and that weapon is used uh useful because it's a much bigger weapon doesn't break and uh is pretty good at taking out enemies faster and helps in the end game when you have to fight ganon at the end you know so you, you were kind of talking about um the various items that you get between being a kid and an adult um in the chat uh tuba swan wants to know two different things one, what is your favorite item in the game? And two, what is your favorite puzzle within the game that utilizes one of the special items? Uh, obviously, a lot of the puzzles within Zelda, they give you the item for a reason <laughs> to complete that temple. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, favorite item, favorite puzzle that uses, utilizes an item. And it doesn't have to be the same item for both. So. Right. Well, actually, it kind of works out because one of my favorite items was the Lens, lens of Truth. Um, because using the ones of truth gives you access to see things that might not be there. So doorways, possible enemies. And um, honestly, going through and finding that was... You find that and then go th and be able to leave because you have to use the lens of truth uh, to see different entrances and stuff, uh, things like that. And uh, one of the puzzles that I enjoyed was just using that to first just go through the spirit temple later on in the game when... Uh, closer to the end of the game uh because there's a lot of segments in there where you have to go through and use the lens to find entrances or find um like any of the chests that might some of the chests are hiding and you can't see them unless you have the lens of truth on uh so basically anything that involved the lens of truth was actually stuff that i enjoyed because it added that element of oh hey let me try this and see if i can find that and uh, a really unique answer. Like most people, I would I would feel like would be the hook shot or the slingshot or something. You know, something designed to kill enemies. 
Right. That's very unique. I like it. The uh, Sorry, there, no, no, you're fine. Uh, we we have a if you're listening on the audio version of the podcast, uh, we have a little bit of a delay between uh, the Discord audio and what I'm actually putting out uh, for our live stream. So that's why occasionally we talk over each other. Um, it's because uh, you know. Uh, that delay comes into play and, uh, you know, we, there's not much we can do about it. So, uh, but what I was going to say is um, <clears throat> it doesn't have anything to do with the special item aside from the actual lock arena itself. Uh, but I, I will always remember the cemetery scene where you're walking up into the cemetery and and uh, it, it starts getting darker and I think there's a little bit of storm sounds and the music gets ominous and you pull right up to in front of the, the main uh, tombstone and, and play your song and then the lightning crashes down and breaks the, the tomb apart. That That is a fantastic scene. Uh, in my opinion, and, and will be almost indelibly seared into my memory for a long time to come, even though I only played this, uh, you know, part-time 20-plus years ago. Uh, that, to me, was a fan, absolutely fantastic use of the elements they had at their disposal to create something great. Not only not only the scene itself and, and how it played out, but the music that was involved, uh, you know, the, the, the theme that you play on the ocarina to make that happen. Uh, and, and I probably <laughs> should have recognized at the time, but the uh, the meaning behind, I think, part of that is that I really should have gotten into horror games a lot earlier than I ever did. Because that, that was just, you know, fantastically morbid and awesome. Um, and and uh, I, I'm sure anybody else that's played this game, you know, can remember that and, and look back fondly on it. For sure, for sure. So looking at uh, looking at the other questions I'm getting from chat for your age, um, Star Road Gaming Cafe wants to know what's your favorite temple and least favorite temple. Well, I will start with least favorite first. Um, least favorite was the water temple. Um, <laughs> it was the one temple that gave me the most trouble, and when you had to fight um, your shadow self, basically, I always struggled, and it was the most frustrating part for me in this game was to fight uh, the shadow link in, in the water temple. Um, my favorite temple? I don't know if I really ever thought about that one. I'm trying to think of all of them. I mean... One of my favorites, I guess, was originally the Forest Temple uh, when you go for the first medallion uh, because that temple, it, it's fun encountering the different Poe that you have to encounter to unlock the different areas to be able to finally get to the final boss fight. Nice. And uh, that, uh, that final boss fight in the Forest Temple with the Phantom Ganon, um, uh, before we started today, I did watch actually Isnib completed the uh, Forest Temple on his stream, and that fight with the uh, Phantom Ganon is very entertaining. Yes, I had to uh, when I was streaming this last. I had to ask for some help because I couldn't remember how to take care of him. <laughs> but it is it is an interesting one and definitely kind of 
makes you kind of think outside the box a little bit. For sure, for sure. Um, Tubaswan wants to know, did you play the re-releases on the GameCube and 3D GameCube or 3DS? If so, did you like any of the changes they made? If not, what holds you back from attempting them? <clears throat> I have not. Um, I've never done, did anything with any of the re-releases, and nothing's really holding me back. I just never thought of it. I didn't realize there were re-releases. Um, I just happened to one day, my mom reminded me that they had the N64 and got it, so I was like, oh, hey, let's play Zelda again. <laughs> so I just haven't done it. I just didn't realize, think about it or anything. So nothing really holding me back from reading the re-releases. Right. Uh, you know, and, and that's not a big thing. I mean, they, they made some minor changes. I think the biggest change with those particular re-releases was the addition of the Master Quest to them. So... Yeah, I had seen some of the Master Quest stuff, and I thought that was interesting. All right, so uh, we're coming up to uh, pretty soon here, the end of the first part of the playthrough. You, is Goma? Did I see that right on the screen? G-O-H-M-A, that's the name of this boss, now that you're fighting? Yes. Can you tell me a little bit about now the, the gameplay when you're having to face this boss? <clears throat> so, in regards to fighting this boss, it's all about you have to hit her eye uh, whenever you, it's exposed, and once you hit it, you have to hit it with something. As you saw there, either with one of the Deku seeds, uh, Deku nuts, or one of the, or hitting with a bow, <clears throat> not bow, uh, slingshot, and then you have to actually hit her eye when she's stunned, and then um, when she's stunned, after you hit her, she'll go back up, and then it's good to try to keep track of her because then you know where she's going to drop next but then she drops as you see here the um the little spawn there that you have to fight i don't remember the name of, name of them off the top of my head right now um but then when she comes back down it's good to aim at her using the z button to lock onto her eye and then hit hit her and then just rinse wash and repeat until you finally take her out Which, as you see, can also see there, uh, when she uh, isn't trying to attack at you, she's able to prevent you from hitting her in the eye until then when she, like, rears back to attack, then you can hit her with uh, the slingshot and then proceed to hit the eye. Yeah, that's one thing I've noticed about some of the uh, other boss fights, like, you know, watching um, Short and Sweet play uh, Zelda 1, uh, and, and then, of course, you know, the various other people playing Zelda 2 uh, over the last couple of weeks. Um, the, the, the boss always seems to have, like, a few very short seconds or one second of vulnerability, at which that's the point you have to strike them, uh, because otherwise it's going to be ineffective or not effective enough to actually do you know damage unless you you know want to spend the next 30 minutes fighting them uh so right it seemed like that that's kind of a recurring theme in these and and maybe other rpgs like that is um you know not uh you have to learn over time those vulnerabilities to exploit them yeah, and there's also, I know in this one particularly, 
you have the ability to, when you lock onto an enemy, hit. Uh, you're able to interact with Navi, who then can tell you if they have, a, if she knows it, tell you the weakness. Like, I didn't do it here because I remembered how to beat it, but I believe when you press, uh, there's the up arrow on the uh, controller. When you press that, Navi will interact and tell you, and I think it tells you to go for the eyeball. And die on this one as you get further, the hints get less and less useful, and it gives you, like, more riddles on what you can do to be able to hit them. Yeah, yeah, probably because at that point they're expecting you to actually play the game and <laughs> figure shit out on your own, you know. <laughs> use, use some of that right, uh, gamer exactly. skill there. All right, so that's the end of the first part of the playthrough. Uh, we're going to take a short commercial break and come back for the second part of the playthrough. Uh, once again, if you're in our live chat, please go ahead and post your questions for our guest, Rage, who is presenting uh, The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. And uh, we will go ahead and ask him and uh, get those questions answered. Uh, in the second part of the playthrough, we're, we're going to be covering more of the memories that uh, Rage has surrounding this game in particular and uh, the, the kind of impact and influence it had on his life. So stick with us. We'll be right back after this short break. All right, coming back now for the second half of Rage's playthrough of Ocarina of Time. Um, so, yeah, like, I mean, I, from my end of things, like I said, over 20 years ago uh, is when I last played this. But I still remember things like that cemetery scene very vividly, but maybe not quite as, like, exact. You know, once I see that scene again, I'm going to go, oh, I don't quite remember it this way or things like that because of... Uh, you know the cobwebs that that have gathered inside my brain. But uh, why don't why don't you tell us a little bit more about like the memories surrounding this? Uh, why is it so nostalgic for you? So I, the nostalgia for me was I um it was one of the games that I watched um, my older brother play um and watched him beat the game and i kind of i was kind of playing on my own as well a little bit but um it was one of those where i watched him beat the game and of course as we all know with the n64 games uh it saves all that data and everything that you've done so once you beat the game it's all saved there <laughs> so i would kind of go through and try to play the game behind him and be like all right i want to play the end of this game because i can't get here by myself right now and i would go through and uh kind of play his copy of it and um and then one day he uh, saw me doing that. He's like, no, 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 no. You got to do this yourself. You got to do this yourself. So he went in and uh, deleted his save file. So I had to do it by myself. He said, if you can't play this game on your own without uh, any help, then you might not need to play it. And it kind of sparked a fire. And then I went through and beat the game by my own. <laughs> so um, just going. And it was also just one of those games where it was kind of I, I had played super mario prior to before playing this then i played ocarina of time and just playing ocarina of time was i may have had this backwards i, I could have the dates on those wrong i feel like i played that first but um but ocarina of time was one of those where um it was just really cool i was enjoying it i was more in the to the the adventure kind of games and stuff like that at the time um so i, I really just it was something that really stood out to me because the story was awesome. The gameplay was really, you know, great for the time. It's, I mean, even now it's still great gameplay. It, it, the controls are a little bit wonky <laughs> I mean, if you're playing it from the N64. But it, it's still, it's just one of those games that I enjoyed playing. When I, so when I played it and remembered it, it was just 
the one game that stood out because the story was great the gameplay was unique it was a lot of fun uh, and it was challenging but in a good way now um you were you were talking about that save state so um correct me if i'm wrong but snes started that where you're able to save the game because i saw you know i i the only consoles i have uh are is an old nes and an snes and obviously unless you have uh I, I don't think you had that kind of capability with a game genie on nes but on snes you know that's when they introduced these save states where you can you know, save it and go back in longer games that required a lot more playthrough and, uh, you know, the ability to start where you left off. Um, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, the N64 used to have, because if you look in the bottom of the controller, there's a, another port there uh, that you can plug it in. And I obviously that was mostly for like things, the Rumble Pack, but wasn't there a, a larger... Uh, memory card that you could plug into that port to save various game states on? That I don't remember. I am not sure. Uh, I know I, the most I had was the Rumble Pack myself. Uh, and then, of course, the expansion of the RAM, the, the card that went into the N64 for being able to play games like Ocarina of Time. Not Ocarina of Time, but uh, playing games like... Um, Majora's Mask, because uh, it required more RAM than the N64 had. I don't know about anything that extended memory, or uh, not memory, but storage at all. I don't remember. Um, the N64, you could get memory cards uh, for them. Uh, it was mainly just like... It would be like the idea of like, okay, we're all going to Rage's house, right? And dude, I want to show you my file on zelda and be able to show you how i you know did this or, or this new thing i got so i could put my save file on the memory card take it over put my memory card in your controller mm. and boot that up on your system just like any other man memory card that we've come to know um it, it was kind of a Honestly, it seemed like kind of a useless feature for the N64 because <laughs> I could literally just take my cartridge to your house and show you that way too. But there were there were other uses for it, like with um, various other games, like taking created characters or things like that as well. There, there was advantages to it, just most people did not use them because they just saved it directly on the cartridge. Uh, and yeah, Coptimus Crime in our chat, uh, Scotty. Yeah, you could actually. There were games on the original NES that had save uh, the ability to save them. Um, the original Zelda, Zelda Two, Final Fantasy. Uh, most of them actually gave you a warning and said, uh, "Please press reset before you press the power button." For whatever reason, it had something to do <laughs> with uh, with getting the save file to like stick. So, but yeah, there were games you could save on the NES. Okay, see, then that's that's where my knowledge failed me a little bit because I didn't know uh, if that was like something that came out with SNES, um, and and the technology that's involved with like some of the cartridges. I mean, so so at least on an NES, uh, it seemed like there was nothing necessarily built into the actual console. It was something that was primarily saved on the cartridge, right? 
Okay. So yeah, that that that's a little bit new to me. Um, you know how that was done because I know we also we also ran into something a little bit not too long ago. One of our streamers was playing an emulator version of um, Silent Hill and uh, ran into a problem where the actual save state within the game didn't work because because there was some kind of glitch with the emulator and there he actually had to uh, to continue to do the save state with the emulator program itself so i don't know if that you know comes into play somehow but uh the the these save states on some of the games uh it seemed like it was an evolving te technology in its own that had to get better with the various newer consoles as they came out yeah for sure and, and scotty that's not your knowledge you know or information failing you that's why you have a really nerdy co-host <laughs> <laughs> you know, you you are here because you are the expert uh in gaming the best one i could find uh, as far as uh, you know, knowledge of games and that. Um, if you're not familiar, my co-host Legion uh, is the former general manager of a popular video game store that will remain nameless because uh, we don't want to get sued. And uh, he he was there for quite some time and knew a lot of the ins and outs of you know the gaming industry and sales and uh, you know things that were available uh, along the line. Uh, not only the games themselves, but the consoles, the the attachments, and that. So, uh, while we're discussing that, I will go ahead and uh, you know request if you are listening to the audio version of the podcast, uh, not only check out our channel where we do the live recording of the podcast, uh, EBC Twenty Twenty One, but also uh, check out uh, my co-host channel, uh, Twitch.tv slash Legion Cage, spelled L E G I O N K A. J.E. and our guest today is uh, Rageful Riot OG. He's at uh, twitch.tv slash R-A-G-E-F-U-L-R-I-O-T-O-G. And uh, I spell it out just in case you're listening and you want to check this out. That's how you can uh, type them in and find them real quick uh, to check out our individual channels on Twitch and uh and see you know how these games are played and you know some of the things that we present aside from the podcast itself but uh yeah so we actually had a cutscene here in uh in the game when we came back for the playthrough uh talking about the the a little bit of the history behind the triforce Did that... Uh... Yeah, so... Right. Sorry, that delay's coming into play here. Uh, did did that have any... <laughs> um, did that have any effect on how you were uh, you know, looking at this game uh, as a youth? Uh, some of the backstory in that? Oh, yeah. The backstory was some of the cool stuff that I... Uh, uh, some of the stuff that kind of drew me to this game. Uh, just like learning about the cutscenes. Uh, I mean... Like I said, at the time, obviously, the graphics were, like, amazing for what they were. So, uh, it was just seeing, like, the, the draw, like, the, the story and how they kind of presented it. And, like, how it, like, the three different uh, forces, uh, you know, came together to create Hyrule and the world they, they live in. And just, the, just 
the story behind it um, and understanding that, hey, if, you know, somebody bad gets all four part, all three parts of the Triforce, you know, they can plunge the world in darkness. It was it was really awesome to see this, like the, the lore, the story behind it and how like it's like, OK, well, I really need to make sure I don't let Ganon get this because that would be bad. <laughs> Yeah, I think this was the first one where they kind of uh, dove really into the idea of what the Triforce was. Like, you knew it was a, a great power within the world uh, from the first couple games there, but you didn't didn't really they didn't really tell you much about it overall. And this is uh, well, they kind of touched on it in Link to the Past. I would say, and they talked about the sacred realm being the you know place where the Triforce is hidden and that kind of stuff. But uh, like this is the first time I think where they really talk about the three goddesses, like creating the world. Yeah. And um, how does um, how does Ganon come into play? Because he's he's the villain also in the first one and the second one for NES, is he not? Uh, I'm not that familiar with how that story goes, but I, I, I seem to recall him being a part of the previous games as well. Well, I don't remember, honestly, the how... I, I went through and I was able to complete the first one, but I don't remember much about the actual story behind it. Um, I know in this one, um, <clears throat> which was uh, later in the playthrough of what I did here, was uh, you go in and you meet with Princess Zelda, and then she kind of gives you the same story about the Triforce, uh, you know, and the power behind it, and why he can't fall in the wrong hands, and then then you're introduced to uh, Ganondorf at the time, and when he's in the castle, and you peek in, and then he, you know, sees you in the window while you're standing there so that's when they kind of go into that information and then you're told that hey you need to go get the other three you know other two spirit stones so that you can get to the sacred realm and take care of prevent this from happening yeah and scotty to um to your point there with it ganon is kind of that central uh what is it villain of the Zelda games for sure um, he was the focal point in the first game even though they didn't really give you a ton of information unless you looked in the actual instruction booklet uh, but he's depicted as like this wizard dark wizard that's like in the form of like a pig kind of and <laughs> that's how you find him in the first game Interesting. when you see him um, he's, he's actually not in Zelda 2 at all Zelda 2 is all about preventing the return of Ganon um, and is one of the few Zelda games that have a, like, the first one is, a, or the second one is supposed to be a direct sequel of the first one even though the world is completely different looking um, he comes back in Link to the Past on the Super Nintendo and again is depicted as like this evil wizard that kind of is in the form of like this pig like this boar looking pig thing creature <laughs> um ocarina of time is actually the first time where you get some backstory about ganon 
and actually see him in the form of a man. Um, Ganon is kind of given this legend backstory that there's a race called the Gerudo. Gerudo? Gerudo? Uh, something like that in, in Zelda lore. And they are all women. It's an all-woman race. But once every X amount of years, they, you know, one of them will give birth to a man. And as the legend of uh, the hero of time, that man it would be bore up to become like a great evil, essentially. Interesting. Um, so, and that that's that's where you get kind of like this backstory about Ganon in this game, is that he was that one male Gerudo that was born to them, and he becomes the big bad. Yeah, one male born every like thousand or ten thousand years. Uh, thank you, Star Wars Gaming Cafe. Interesting, interesting. Um, so uh, let me ask you this, uh, Riot. This is actually has become my favorite question to ask over uh, the past several episodes that we've done here. And that is, uh, like, when you hit certain parts of the game, like, right now... Uh, we're speaking to an upside down owl and, uh, you know, other, other parts like, uh, for instance, you know, I had brought up earlier that cemetery scene that that's always going to be seared into my mind. Um, are there any specific parts to the game where you come across the scene? And obviously you said it's been a while since you played it before doing this on your stream and then the playthrough. Uh, but, you know, you come across the scene and all of a sudden this memory flashes in your head because it was such a powerful thing that it invokes that memory from your past. Do you have anything like that in relation to this game where you just hit that spot in the game and boom, you're instantly transported back to relive that memory again? Um, I mean, largely those kind of moments were more just like in the game itself. Um, some of them being like when I a lot of going back into just any of the temples really uh, especially the first few because I remember struggling through some of them so I kind of don't remember some of the temples prior to playing it again recently uh, and it was just like I mean kind of this part just remembering okay that's right I know how to get around here I know how I know what I need to do to get around here to get to the castle uh, or just, just that reminder of like, oh yeah, I remember this part. I remember feeling like, oh my god, this is actually happening. <laughs> um, a lot of that being like some of the stuff that happens later in the game when you're the adult Link and you are the, like uh, revisiting um, oh, I can't remember the name of the village. It's leading up to the uh, mountain of or Death Mountain or whatever, the volcano. Um, when you go into the the village there and later in the game and something like everything just like seems dark and everything uh, you know dark or the volcano seems to be active and you realize oh i have to go up there i have to go up there and take care of that <laughs> um and then of course as you mentioned and also just that th this scene in the cemetery with the the when you go into get into the uh uh you know the hyrule 
royal crypt to go and take care of that stuff. Just remembering some of those moments in the game and just right before coming up to him, like, oh yeah, this is when this happens. This is going to be so cool to watch. <laughs> watch it again now, you know, so many years later. Yeah, I, I think that's a big, uh, a big part of it as well. Not necessarily like something that happened outside of the game, but you know, things that are happening in the game, if you haven't seen it for a while, like you said, they'll, oh yeah, this is what's going to happen next. And, and you remember, you know, why that, that holds such value to you because it was things that you, you, you remember fondly over the years. Um, see, even now just watching this, you go in into the Hyrule castle or, you know, attempting to get in there. Uh, I, I remember seeing some of that sneaking around and, and, uh, yeah, I haven't I haven't seen this despite some of our streamer friends actually playing it recently. Uh, I haven't seen this in 20 years, but I I now remember it, you know. So yeah, I think a lot of those in in-game elements could could be just as uh, big of a a happy memory surrounding the game as as events outside of it like, you know, we've had some of our guests in the past talk about um <clears throat> how uh you know, it related to their family specifically, uh, you know, spending, you know, a certain amount of time playing the game with their their parents or siblings or friends um, or, or uh, you know, in one case we had uh, one of our guests talking about how, uh, you know, she, she had a time limit on the amount of time she could play the game uh, because there was a password placed on her console by her father and she happened to guess on the first try the right password. And, 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 you know, never said a, a damn word about it, <laughs> but, you know, was able to then, you know, use that. And, um, you know, those, those kinds of external memories are, are maybe just as good as uh, the internal ones where we're looking at parts of the game and going, oh yeah, this, this was great, you know. Yeah, and I just remembered another one of those memories that I remember, um, and I don't know if anybody from my stream that day was in, is in here right now, but I remember when I was in the water temple, um, on stream, I remember getting to a point like, oh no, I know it's behind this door. Guys, I don't want to go in this door. I know it's behind this door. <laughs> it's the, the fight with your shadow self. I knew for a fact. I was like, this is it. This is the door I don't want to go through. Because I go through this door, I'm going to be frustrated. <laughs> um, and then somebody pointed out to me a way to beat him quickly. So, <laughs> Yeah. Well, and, and at that point, you know, especially games that I haven't played before or haven't played in a long time, I'm not opposed, at least personally, to, you know, look, looking up a guide to advancing through the game. I, I started recently looking at uh, Castlevania 2, and right from the get-go, I never played that before, and right from the get-go, I wanted to look up a guide to... Uh, help me figure out where everything is simply because I don't want to spend a couple thousand hours figuring all that shit out, you know? Right. So, uh, did we have any more questions from the chat cage? Yeah. Yeah, we do actually. I got, uh, I got a couple of them uh, on deck here. So Star Road Game Cafe wants to know, have you, uh, well, let me ask you, Rage, are you familiar with like ROM hacks? Um, kind of. I believe 
basically just the use of ROMs to emulate the games, right? Kind of. I... Basically, someone someone would actually take it would be someone taking the game data and actually like altering it and changing it uh, to do certain things. Sometimes just quality of life improvements. Sometimes uh, it's like making their own in for zelda it would be making their own master quest uh randomizers are a popular type of rom hack gotcha. okay okay um so i'm gonna guess that you have not played any uh, rom hack versions of this game would <laughs> no would that be something that you would consider doing playing like a, a new quest or a randomizer or where you get you know you know, Luke's lightsaber from Star Wars instead of the Master Sword, or you know, something like that. Oh yeah, no, for sure. Um, I mean, one of the things I um, noticed were the people doing ran the randomizer, um, and that was something I was like, I, I, I might do that. I would love to do something like that. I don't have something for that right now, but I would love to. <laughs> um. So we talked uh, in the first part there a little bit about like the items within the world of Ocarina of Time, right? Um, Tubaswan wants to know, what is your opinion of Zelda's continued use of musical instruments to enhance the gameplay? Items like the ocarina, uh, the flute, the drums in Majora's Mask, the pan flute and spirits tracks, uh, things like that. Uh, and, and do you think the capabilities of using instruments as items to enhance the gameplay peaked in ocarina of time so i like the idea of the the supplement of using the different instruments and the different music the different songs to make changes to the game in what whatever way whether it be revealing something changing the weather changing what time of day it is um i like the idea and i don't know enough about any of the games past uh, Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask to know how well they played it out. Um, I know in Ocarina of Time it was handled really well. I like the way it was used and it was something that I, I had to play the, the some of the more recent ones to see what it looks like but I feel like it was a good addition and I feel like it could easily be translated well to other the other games with other instruments as well so I, I feel like did they hit the peak here I, I wouldn't really know um, but I, I feel like they could easily have expanded upon it and made it even better. Uh, it was well done to begin with, though, so I'm, I really I wouldn't know since I haven't played any of the other games. That's fine. That's fine. So um, you've you, uh, you've never played anything past Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, then? That is correct. Uh, have you have you thought about going and playing any of the newer ones? Like, I don't know if you own a Nintendo Switch, like playing Breath of the Wild, or um, you know, because that that one obviously is very insanely popular. Right. Oh yeah, no, for sure. Uh, we, uh, uh, my fans and I actually were just talking about not too long ago about the new Zelda games. I'm like, I, I for a while there, I had just Nintendo never was on my radar for a while again. <laughs> I just kind of forgot about them because I was on like Xbox and PlayStation mode, and then. Uh, uh, my son got a switch and then we got I, I got a switch for us and then i just kind of like oh that came back like oh yeah they have all kinds of zelda games i never played before because i didn't touch anything after that <laughs> uh so yeah i'm, I'm definitely going to be 
at some point in diving into some of the newer games and learning about them and playing them and uh, then, you know, making the comparisons and, had you know, and the Legends of the games were something that was always fun for me. I just forgot about them for a while and now I'm like, okay, let's get let's get back into this. Nice. Would you um, would you say if you had to like choose one game in the Zelda series right now that you would go that you would play tomorrow if you had time access full nine yards whatever um, what would you what would be the Zelda game you would play tomorrow? Honestly, right now it would be Breath of the Wild. I've seen some playthrough and it makes me want to play it. <laughs> Do you have a Switch Rage? Yes. Okay, um, and the only reason I ask is because, okay, so looking back down through my list of all the uh, Zelda games, the last one that came out just recently was Skyward Sword on the Switch. Uh, have you played that yet? No, I have not. Um, yeah, the furthest I've gone was Majora's Mask, and then, of course, revisiting Ocarina of Time on the actual N64 itself, so I haven't, I haven't gone anything beyond that. Yeah, or I'm sorry, Skyward Sword H uh, HD, the 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 redo because the original Skyward Sword came out on uh, uh, 2011 on the Wii. Um, I've seen you know several of the other streamers uh, in our community doing uh, Skyward Sword HD. Um, so, uh, is that something that you're going to be looking forward to playing here pretty soon? Uh, potentially getting that. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I, I plan on getting some of the more recent ones uh, at some point and playing them because, like I said, Legend of Zelda the, just in general was my, my, my go-to to everything because I love the Legend of Zelda games. Right. All right, uh, we only have a few minutes left here in our second part of the playthrough. Any final questions that you want to put up in our live chat, uh, please go ahead and do so now. Um, and is there anything else that you wanted to share with us, uh, Rage, in this last little bit? Uh, things that really struck you about Ocarina of Time, especially as you were going back through it for the playthrough and that? Um, I mean, honestly, the big thing that struck me when I came back to play it again was just how well made the game was. Um... Going from just through all the different temples, all the different puzzles, uh, and all the different, and then the final fight uh, at the end of the game, which is a, like a three-part fight, uh, it was just interesting to me how well made this game was for the time it came out. And then, of course, I did have the funny thought to myself when I was playing this before of the fact that I find it quite interesting that Ganon left all of these things for Link to get while he was, you know. While he was able to take over Hyrule at the time, just to be defeated and surprised that he was defeated by Link with all the tools that he left in all the temples, thinking he wouldn't get them. <laughs> Sounds like a classic bad villain move. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> well, and it seems like, in general, this game was just complicated enough to give you that standard of of excellence as far as gameplay goes you're not going to beat it in a day especially not getting it firsthand but you know maybe within within a week or two uh you know you're, you're putting in the time to learn what you need to learn and solve all the puzzles and and it gives you a, a good gameplay experience for the amount of money you spent at the time to actually play it um 
and and oh yeah for sure you know maybe that's that in itself is a mark of a good game is you know how much gameplay and and time spent uh do you actually get for your value um not only the nostalgic aspects of it you know maybe you played zelda one zelda two uh the the stuff on snes and and game boy and then all of a sudden now you have a 64 and this comes out and you're like oh i gotta play that zelda game you know but uh you know the actual gameplay experience furthering of the story uh you know uh more more of the background like they did here you know with the with the uh uh, the three of them, uh, you know, creating the universe and, uh, or at least the world and, and, you know, creating the Triforce that it was an integral part of the story. Uh, but you didn't necessarily know that kind of stuff before, you know, yeah. and especially if you're into the lore, getting, getting that kind of backstory stuff that, that really fleshes, fleshes it out. Yeah, definitely. I I, I agree because uh, anymore, a lot of the newer games uh, either have obscenely high learning curves or have uh, just not enough time or content where you can beat it in a short period of time, which is good for some things, but in other times, it's just, it. I, the older games are always going to be better in that regard, in my opinion, just because they put in the right amount of difficulty right amount of learning curve and give you enough information and enough playthrough time that it was something that you looked forward to playing it because you didn't want to put the controller down but you knew you had to <laughs> yeah yeah okay well that's uh that's pretty much all we have for you in the uh, regards with the playthrough here so um one of the things uh that i have really liked you know we've done five episodes now of uh, the podcast is is being able to watch these playthroughs and and saying okay you know here here's a visual representation of the the aspects that we're discussing about the game it's one thing to to just say hey you got to check this part out but to actually see it on the screen how it plays out you know that that uh is something i'm glad i i tried to put in here as part of the podcast not only you know the audio experience obviously you can hear some of the playthrough quiet in the background but you know as we're doing the live broadcast on twitch um you know being able to show parts of this like we did uh, you know the dlc content with uh, borderlands 2 and the joho a couple of weeks ago and uh you know stuff that you may not necessarily see because of exclusivity or you know it wasn't a game that you had access to or things like that so um this was a real treat for me watching some of the the video playthrough as it has been you know a lot of our streamer friends over the the last several weeks that have chosen to play that so uh once again if you would like to uh check out our guest he is a rageful riot og on twitch pretty much exactly how it sounds rage full riot og i'm not going to spell it again for you uh but uh, you can check that out and uh, is uh, your recent playthrough of uh, Ocarina of Time still in your video on demand section, Rage? It is not. It has been more than the a lot of time. It, for it expired. You know, that's one of the things that I found out quite soon uh, about Twitch after I lost several programs in the beginning from, from my channel is... Uh, uh, 
Twitch does allow you to download uh, the programs from your channel, uh, from your production manager. And uh, uh, somebody I remember had a channel, I don't know, you know, several months ago mentioned it. Uh, he said, uh, yeah, I just downloaded from Twitch and re-upload it because then it's there forever. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> way to figure things out, you know, uh, <laughs> without Twitch just deleting it summarily and like, where did it go? Uh, and, and then, of course, now I use uh, OBS, uh, Open Broadcast Software uh, to, or Studio to, uh, to broadcast to Twitch for me. And uh, it's got its own recording function. So I do have, you know, everything in my archive. Um, that actually will be available soon on our Patreon that we're announcing uh, soon here on the EBC channel. But uh, yeah, uh, you you can at the very least check out uh, Rageful Riot OG on Twitch and see some of his gameplay. He plays a lot of Dead by Daylight. And uh, what other games are in your main repertoire, Rage? Uh, mainly Dead by Daylight, Phasmophobia, uh, Introduced some Hunt Showdown, and Tribes of Midgard. Awesome, awesome. And uh, at the very least, as if as if a Legion Cage's hats were not enough of a draw, you definitely have to check out the video on demand for this podcast on my Twitch, if for nothing else to see the wings that appear to be sprouting out of Rage's head <laughs> on his webcam because of his background. It is a, a fabulous sight to behold. So... <laughs> I want to thank everybody for joining us. Uh, once again, this is the Arcade Nostalgia Memories Podcast. My name is Scotty, also known as EBC. Uh, my co-host, Legion Cage, also known as Rob. And our special guest this evening has been uh, Rageful Riot OG, presenting The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. So I want to uh, go ahead and close this out. If you have not done so, once again, please check our uh broadcast live broadcast of the podcast on twitch.tv slash ebc 2021 i also uh want to take one minute before we close out the podcast here to advertise an upcoming special that will be exclusively on twitch this will not be on your audio podcast and that is a, an original audio drama uh, called Christmas Insanity that will be premiering on EBC 2021 on Sunday, December 19th at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, you're not going to want to miss it. It's going to be a great program. We want to encourage everybody, even though uh, you may be listening to the podcast because you're into gaming, this is something very different from gaming. Um, it is semi-related to it, but uh, it's it's going to be a very fun time, uh, uh, hopefully very entertaining. And uh, if you have a flair for the dramatic, I do want to encourage you to stop by and check that out. Once again, that is Christmas Insanity, an original audio drama by the Enigma Block Buster Cinema Production Company, uh, and that will be premiering Sunday, December 19th at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on EBC. So once again, uh, thank you for joining us. We'll see you uh, after the new year, uh, December 9th again, or I'm sorry, January 9th uh, again, I think is our new episode, episode six uh, into 2022. So we're taking a month off here throughout the holidays and we'll see you uh, next year. So once again, thank you for joining us and see you later. Good night. <laughs>